0: Hey gang, welcome back to Out of Bounds. I'm Phil. I'm here with Kyle. As always, we're doing the USFL betting show on the Backdoor Cover Network. Kyle, what's happening?
1: Just feeling good about week one, right? I mean, we we were on the exact same page with everything. And realistically, that was the right page. So I'm I'm feeling good about week one. I'm ready to rock into week
0: two. Yeah, man, uh, we had the we had the very correct page uh, opened up in this book. We were three and one, including the, the two unit hammer on the Philadelphia Stars uh, last weekend against those Memphis showboats. This is a superior product to the XFL. Uh, the, the broadcasts are more polished. The announcers are more knowledgeable. This is like a professional show. That they put on, whereas the XFL is like like a party with football being played in the background. D- don't you agree?
1: Yeah, I think you're, I think you're, you know, dead dead on the balls there. Um, it's, it's not the old XFL, right? It's not Vince McMahon going crazy, you know, nicknames on the jerseys, you know, entertainment type stuff. I mean, they're really trying to put a real football product out there. And I think that that might even be a little more concerning with kind of where they're falling short. So I don't know if it's just the fact that the USFL came first before this XFL league and everybody kind of got on board and enjoyed the football so much that the XFL is just kind of like the little brother or it really just isn't as good. Um, I mean, USFL first season was fantastic. This week one was fantastic, and it never seemed like there was a dull week. And in the XFL, there was a lot of dull weeks that I felt like we were we were watching on these teams.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, if we're going to compare the XFL to the USFL, which which we are, um, you know, the the XFL, the 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 thing I have to give them credit for is they do have some elite teams and. The schedule matters into week 10, Uh, you know, the the final week of the season last year with the USFL. We saw a lot of meaningless games uh, at the end of the year. So I don't want to get it confused that the USFL is far and away, um, you know, better at every turn. The XFL has done some things right, but, you know, now that the USFL is back in year two, it's a much more polished product. It's a much more professional product. The announcers at, at Fox seem to have a better grasp on things, whereas the, some of the ESPN crews are hit or miss with the XFL uh, you know, down to not knowing the the scenarios with the, the playoff scenarios. Um, so I, I just, it was refreshing to get the, the USFL going. If you would have put, you know, the, the uh, stars or Memphis game on in September, I might not have known it was a USFL game. It, it looked like a professional product. Whereas the XFL, it's a dead stone cold giveaway that it's a summer league. Um, Now, you know, positivity. I think competition is good. You know, with with the wrestling back in the day when it was WCW versus whatever the other one was, those were great days. And I'm sure The Rock is going to feed off that. He's going to show the competition. He's going to make it a thing. And this is good. You know, iron sharpens iron. But the USFL is the better developmental league, in my opinion, not just because we were three and one last week.
1: Yeah, I I agree. And you know, kind of like what you said there, the iron sharpens the iron here. I think that the XFL is gonna really need to step their game up in, in year two and maybe even these playoffs. But it kind of sucks for them because the USFL is coming out right at their playoff time. And it is their second year. They are a much more polished product. You know, if you're watching, uh, you know, last week, you know, I was kind of flipping back and forth between games and stuff. You can tell that the USFL is a better product just by watching the TV. So if the XFL wants to stick around and be another spring, you know, football league or however they, you know, whatever they want to call it at this point. They're going to need a good playoff, and they're going to need a a really good season, too, because USFL, through this first week, was absolutely more polished. They looked fantastic. The announcers, as you said, were were fantastic. Fox is doing things right, and that could really end up biting the XFL. The fact that they are in their first season going against the USFL in their second season, they're already behind the eight
0: ball. Yeah, I mean... uh, sorry i was just going to add the, the the last thing i noticed and now we can actually get into the games we, sh- we should break down the games but yeah the, it, it looks like the usfl um does a better job of not panning to the the seats you know because there are a lot of empty seats in in all these games in both leagues there's a lot of empty seats um so when the xfl says oh you know paid attendance is 32 it feels fake because there's six people in the stands you know so the usfl keeps the cameras on the action, they seem to have a better grasp of when to bring in the, the coach talk and you know, the, all the communication on the sidelines that seems more seamless than the XFL feels forced. And sometimes it's just too much. There's the announcers talking over the coaches talking over the, the players. It's just far too much going on. You can't process what's happening. And and I just, I like that about the USFL that they seem to have a better grasp on it this year.
1: Yeah. And they, I mean, Listen, the XFL, you know, as you stated, positivity, they have some really good ideas. I think they just need to kind of iron them out a little bit more. Um, I mean, it's, it's still the first year. This, this could come back next year, a much more polished product and and look fantastic and and be another great feeder league into the NFL and, and a, a great league in itself, kind of what the USFL is. So I think that they do have some really good ideas. It's just it's it's kind of matching them up properly where where you where you aren't overlapping with refs and and things like that. So I, I think that they're close and their ideas are absolutely good. So I think they just need another couple steps forward.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about the first game we saw on Saturday, where the Philadelphia stars, our beloved Philadelphia stars, took on the Memphis showboats. This, you could tell, this Stars team has the continuity that we were speaking about in the the season preview. Case Cookus came out and looked awesome. He was 20-29, 212 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Matt Coburn was effective on the ground. He had five for 31. Cookus scrambled. I'm sorry, he had five for 30. Cookus scrambled seven for 31. Um, and, And both running backs tasted pay dirt. Dexter Williams, the old Notre Dame boy, had a touchdown. Coburn had one receiving. Uh, and the big offseason pickup of Corey Coleman looked like an NFL player. He had four for 65, 35 yard catch. Um, you know, they played good defense. This one I thought was going to be a route early on. The showboats came back. I think they might be a little bit better than, than we had anticipated. Um, it, what did you see? What is your takeaway? Um, is this showboats team for real?
1: I mean, you never want to see a team kind of getting down that early and and not looking as good as they did. But, I mean, it's their first time on the field together. I think it's to be expected. Like, you know, we talked about the continuity of this Stars team really showed early on. Um, But I think the ability with the showboats showed later on. So I think that that team is going to be better than we might have given them credit for at the beginning. Um, I thought that this was an awesome game. You know, everybody knows that we're Stars fans. We talked about Colburn. We talked about uh, Dexter Williams. We talked about Cookis. One guy that we, you know, we talked about Coleman too, but one guy we really didn't touch on was uh, this Roland guy. He was everywhere on the fucking field. I'm talking... It, it he ended up with three carries for 22 yards, and ended up with three receptions for 31 yards and a touchdown. The guy was just everywhere. He he's kind of one of those um, gadget type players. Like a he kind of reminded me of like a uh, of like what I wanted the Browns to do with Kareem Hunt with Nick Chubb. You know what I mean? You you kind of you got Colburn or Dexter Williams back there. You know. Roland's a guy that you can put out there in the slot. He's a guy that you can line up in the backfield. I mean, he is one of those Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara type guys. Um, And he was all over the field. I mean, he was converting first downs, which were huge for this team. And it seemed like Case Cookus really had a a bit of a rapport with him. So I think that that is a name to watch. Um, But everything else was basically what we expected. I mean, Corey Coleman looked fantastic. Cookus looked... I mean, I think he was number two in the MVP standings, uh, you know, the, the the preview for the year, and he certainly outplayed the number one guy. I don't know if he's number one in the MVP. That might be your boy. But as of right now, he definitely didn't hurt his stock.
0: Yeah. McLeod Bethel Thompson is the guy that I think you're referring to, and the fact that you're bringing him up when we're not even talking about his game, which we'll get to in a little bit, uh, shows me that he's got a little top of mind awareness here. The guy deserves some attention. High five through the computer. Your boy dug out a a gem in this league. But, uh, you know, for the showboats, we saw Brady White, quarterback. Uh, He was 16-29, 182 yards, two touchdowns. This is a cool story because Brady White played for the University of Memphis in that wide-open offense, and now he's – back home playing for the Memphis showboats. I just thought that was pretty cool. And uh, I really, I really like that angle. And he, he uh, looks like he, he has a little bit of a following there. So that'll be cool. I I can't wait to see how he develops the rest of the year.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I thought he played really well, uh, especially for his first time in this league. Um, You know, it's first time with, 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 you know, live action with a, with an O line and the guys, because whereas I don't, I I don't hate the rushing attack that they have. None of the wide receivers really stand out on this team. And I think that that might end up being their Achilles heel when they go against teams with the better defenses like Philly, like Birmingham. Um, I think that might end up being kind of what hurts them. Um, But I I thought he played really well. And uh, I'm I'm really excited to see what he can do with this Memphis showbows team.
0: Yes, sir. So, Uh, the second game that we saw this week, I believe was the New Jersey generals and the Birmingham stallions. We were both on the generals with the points sprinkling the money line. And this was our, our loss of the week. Um, the generals, they, they never seemed to be out of this game, but boy, they, they gave it away, um, right before halftime. And then in the second half, they, they just didn't look very good, uh, um Johnson, the quarterback, who we, you know, thought would be a, a real, real good player this year, looked terrible. Four of thirteen, twenty-nine yards, no picks, no touchdowns. We saw a lot more of Dakota Pruck Up, 13 to 17, 148. He was supposed to be like the 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 running option, the um dual threat like Luis Perez was last year for this squad. And we just didn't see it. This offense didn't look right. They were able to run the ball. They averaged 6.6 yards a carry for 30 carries. So they were able to get get something going on the ground. Uh, just it was a little, just not enough. Um, Jamar Smith on the other side for the Stallions looked pretty decent. 10 to 15, 160 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Alex Magoo he was the opening day starter for the Stallions team last year. He was 7 for 11, 68 yards and a touchdown. He looked really good running the read option. He had 6 uh, carries for 51 yards and a touchdown. So, um this Stallions team, they pulled away late. They looked like the defending champions. What did you see here? Um what what stuck out?
1: Uh this game was weird to watch in my opinion. Um i saw it a little bit differently than you know as a whole than kind of what you saw um i thought prokop looked really good um ended up 13 of 17 150 yards um i'd like to i mean if you give him the 30 passes and you don't put johnson in you might be in a a pretty decent scenario with that i mean he might you know, be that 250, to 75 range, maybe throwing a, a, a touchdown. Um, but this is, this is what we saw from New Jersey last year, right? It was a pretty good defense, which it will come. I think their defense is better than what they let on, but they were a really good rushing attack. And I think that, you know, it's going to continue i pro was, you know, four attempts for 12 yards and a touchdown. That's good enough as a quarterback. Um, especially on a our, on our rushing team here. I think what, uh you know, the Stallions, let me just hit on them real quick. I don't know what's going on with this quarterback situation. Jamar Smith was the leading MVP candidate coming in. He did not look bad. I don't know if there's an, an injury. I don't know if there's a quarterback controversy. I don't know what the deal is here because Magoo looked good as well. And, you know, especially with that read option, like like you said. So I don't know what's going on with here. I think that that is absolutely something to monitor going forward. Um, as for the game as a whole, listen, in my opinion, this was a, a tale of the New Jersey Generals' missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you just go through the team stats here. They had five more minutes of time of possession. Same amount of drives. They ran, you know, 13 more plays than the Stallions did. They outgained them by 50 yards. Yards per play was, you know, a half yard in the Stallions' favor. The difference here was New Jersey had four red zone attempts and was only able to score one touchdown.
0: Yes. The, like, the, the big part of it was, you know, this thing was 10-10 to 10 in the, the second quarter. Um, then, you know, the, the generals give up a touchdown right before the end of the half It's 17, 10, Birmingham, you get the ball, uh, at, well, you know, they, they kick it away. So the stallions get the two for one, the generals force a punt fine. The generals get the ball back. They fumble the stallions, you know, score two plays later. So now it's 24 to 10 and the rest of their, uh, possessions go punt downs, downs, downs so that is a lot of missed opportunities one of them was nine plays 74 yards downs the other one nine plays 72 yards downs they just couldn't get it in the end zone and that is that's the difference in the game
1: yeah so that was kind of you know what i saw in that was the biggest difference between these teams because i i thought that this game was a hell of a lot closer than 27 to 10. Mm-hmm. Um I, I thought that this was two really, really good teams matching up together. The score really didn't uh, do the game justice. And I, I think that that's, that's where New Jersey has to get better if they want to be a legitimate title contender, because I think that they can, I think they absolutely can be. So that was kind of what I saw here. Um I wasn't, overly impressed with birmingham um i thought that they played a pretty clean game i thought that they did the things that they needed to do to win and that's that's what good teams do don't get me wrong i think they are a good team but listen i'm not ready to 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 put my money on birmingham to 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 run this thing back yet
0: so no no i'm very happy with my my futures money resting on the Philly stars. And I'm really tired of talking about that game. Cause we lost, let's talk about one that we won <laughs> the Sunday game, kicked things off with the Michigan Panthers. They won 29 to 13 over the Houston gamblers. And this game, Kyle, it felt like vindication. We were totally right. Calling out Jeff Fisher for just being an absolute shithead last year. Um, this Panthers team got whatever they wanted on the offensive side of the ball. And they were able to play Pretty pretty good defense as well. The problem last year was Jeff Fisher. Unequivocally, that, that was the problem. We've got the same offensive coordinator on this Panthers team, and look what they were able to do. Sure, the gamblers weren't great last year, um, but the Panthers just went out and won by 16 as a one-point dog. Josh Love looked like in just a recreation of, of an entirely different dude. He was 18 of 20, 215 yards, three touchdowns. Um, Your boy got in there, Kyle. He was 5 of 5, 34 yards, Mr. Strong. And Stevie Scott was an absolute monster on the ground. Now, he had 12 carries for 61 yards and a touchdown, but it was so much more than that. It it felt like, you know, he could just move the chains at will. This Michigan team was fantastic. Uh, Kenji Bahar on the other side for the Gamblers, terrible. He was 13 of 22, 109 yards threw a pick six to go along with another interception. And quite frankly, I've never seen anybody so confidently throw a check down that was picked off and taken the other direction. Could not (laughs) believe what confidence he, he threw that little four yard dink with that, that was just, you know, taking the other direction. My eyes must've been playing tricks on me. It was astounding. What did you see in this game? What are you taking away?
1: Well, I can tell you one thing, (coughs) excuse me, your eyes weren't playing tricks, my friend. Uh, Kenji Bihar is not good. Um, he does not look good. This Houston Gamblers team looked to be the worst team in the league. And maybe that was just, you know, I'd like to say that the Panthers looked great, right? But if, if we can pump the brakes a little bit, they did look great in this game. All gas, no brakes. Let's Listen, overreact.
0: It's week I, one.
1: <laughs> and I know that you want to do that, but. If this Houston Gamblers team truly is the worst team in the league, then the Panthers just did what any team should do to them, which was play good defense and be able to score. Now, the difference here, the reason that I am leaning towards over committing to the, the Panthers are good, Jeff Fisher was the problem, is because of what the quarterbacks were able to actually do. The quarterbacks, three of them combined, and I know, you know, Walker's not a guy that's that's throwing anything but even with his singular pass in there the quarterbacks were 23 of 26 for a 88.5 completion percentage 250 yards three touchdowns no interceptions most of that was love and he looked fantastic i mean he was pinpoint out there it didn't matter where he needed to put the ball he put it there and Another thing that really, really bodes well for them is that they really spread this, you know, this this call uh, it an attack. Call it an attack. That's is, what it was. It, it it is, you know. Um they they've spread the ball out. You know what I mean? There was what, uh, two, four, six, eight, what, nine different receivers called passes. I mean, that's impressive in NFL standards. Yeah. So, I mean, that's you know, I I know Walker's a you know, uh, you have to count it because it's a pass, but it's a uh, it's bullshit. It, well, <laughs> it's he's, a, he's, he's a wide
0: receiver. He's a wide receiver. But so the, the the funny thing about that, Kyle, he was zero for one. His quarterback rating was thirty nine point six, which was <laughs> higher than Kenji Bahars, who had an entire game to figure it out back there. So, um, yeah, let's count it because it, it it certainly makes Kenji Bahar look even worse.
1: Yeah, I think that this is. A, I don't want to overreact too much because I think, and, and we talked You're at about You're the wrong this.
0: show for that, buddy.
1: I know, but I think that the gamblers are a dumpster fire. I don't think they have any idea what they're doing. I think that we're going to see a quarterback change at some point on this team. Um, and maybe that helps, maybe it doesn't. But I do lean the other way to where I want to overreact and be excited about this Michigan Panthers team because what they did – wasn't only, you know, beating up on the worst team in the league, but they did it with such precision that it was it was downright art to watch.
0: It, it sure was. So, uh, the final game that we saw was the New Orleans Breakers take on the Pittsburgh Maulers. This Breakers team, I was pretty high on. You were middle of the road. They got it done. They were a, a four and a half point favorite at the open. I think it ended and closed at six. They win by seven on a, a late touchdown drive. Um, the final score was 22 to 15 breakers. But the big story to me, McLeod Bethel Thompson, week one leading passer. He was 23 of 41, 302 and a touchdown. He, he got off to a very, very rocky start. I think he was six for 15 to start the game. Uh, but boy, did he he figured out in a big way. Uh, Sage Surratt as a receiver, Kyle, he had five catches, 85 yards, on nine targets so it looks like he is mcleod bethel thompson's favorite receiver which i like to see because we called him out preseason this maulers team looked lost they are they are shy a true quarterback um you know combined the the two quarterback system was 10 for 27 81 yards three yards an attempt not good i don't know how they were in this game it's kind of surprising just the way that it played out. But what did you take away from it, and why is McLeod Bethel-Thompson the MVP?
1: Well, he's not the MVP yet. It was week one. Um, the reason that I spoke about him earlier is because he is the leading passer in the league, and Bingo. his teams want to know. Um, here's my issue. This is well, – and, and listen, maybe, maybe you know – MBT here figures this thing out and he continues to rise from that and, and we see CFL MBT. But what we saw early in this game from him was not pretty. Pittsburgh was terrible and they were in this game. The reason that the Breakers won this game was not MBT. The reason... That the that the breakers won this game is because of their defense. Their defense is fucking lights out.
0: They're so good, Kyle. Lights they, fucking out. They they stuffed the breakers on a, a turnover like an instant red zone. The Maulers had, and the breakers shut them down for four straight plays at the goal line. They only gave up 156 yards on the day. The Maulers only had the ball for 22 minutes, where the breakers had it for 38. It was a clinic. This Breakers defense put on out there. Yeah, it was.
1: Um, I mean, listen, and and you think about it.
0: Did they? Did they have any turnovers? The Breakers had one. The Maulers had zero turnovers.
1: So they did this against a team. That and listen, let's make no mistakes about it. The Mullers look devoid at quarterback of talent. I I, I don't I don't you
0: love saying fits. devoid of talent. That's what well, it thing. is. It's yeah.
1: devoid of talent. And you know, we'll see um, you know, coming up this week if Pittsburgh can can get anything, any sort of momentum, and maybe we can kind of gauge the game a little bit and the defense a little bit. Um, but listen, I spoke about this last year. This was the defense that I saw last year. But they didn't have the ability to score the way that I I think MBT is going to be able to let them do. Mm-hmm. So I think that this is right now. I think is I I don't know what the odds are on it, but I think that this would be a great little flyer for a little championship bid on the Breakers as well, because this defense. Listen, I'm listening. I, I you 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 want me to overreact? So I'm going to overreact. This was reminiscent of the Legion of Doom Seattle Seahawks defense that we saw. I get it. It's a level underneath. But this is the USFL Legion of Doom defense that we saw i mean this was dude everybody it doesn't matter what position they are fucking on you they are fucking on you quick the quarterbacks or corners can cover the safeties are good those linebackers hit i mean this team like like you said four straight plays boom 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 knocked them right on their ass and there was not any plays in that four play sequen, sequence that Pittsburgh looked like they got in, it was like, oh, that was just short. They got fucking stuffed.
0: Yep. And and and, and listen, the, the, the you know they they scored fifteen points. The Maulers did, but you know uh, the the only touchdown that they scored was a fumble recovery. Yes. Yeah. So this this was not.
1: Um, you know, I, I look at this and and this was this was the breakers' biggest issue last year, right? Is that they couldn't hold on to the ball. They had entirely too many turnovers and the offensive couldn't score. So now if you can really fix this offense and and Bethel Thompson can be the guy and lead this team just to clean games. The only game that he probably has to play really good where you know you need a fantastic play out of him would be against like a Birmingham or a Philly, maybe even the Generals. Realistically, they should be able to run through just about everybody in this league with this defense. The problem is going to be offensively, which it was last year. And we'll see. Now, I will say this: I wasn't as high on MBT as you. In this game, because he was so rough from the beginning, but the final driver, he went down and scored. He looked almost Josh Lovish with how well he was pinpoint accuracy and how good he looked. The guy certainly gained some points in my mind as a bit of a gamer, and I thought it was fantastic to watch. It was very encouraging. Um to watch you know this, this Breakers team actually put together a drive. So this is the outright, in my opinion, outright best defense in the league, not close, and I'm excited to see where the offense can go.
0: We got ourselves a football player. <laughs> All right, let's talk about week number two. Um, let's see, we are kicking things off on Saturday. We get to see this Breakers team. They are a six-point favorite over the Houston Gamblers. This money line, you can have the Breakers minus 220. You can have plus 180 with the Houston Gamblers. The total is set at 39. I don't see how the Gamblers help this total. What are you doing here, buddy? I'm leaning very, very hard towards MBT.
1: Yeah, I think that's the the proper play here. Uh, The fact that this is anything less than a touchdown, I think, is a gift by the books. Um, We just watched the two games uh, this this past week or or the two teams this past week that we thought were certainly the bottom feeders of the league, which were the Pittsburgh Maulers and this Houston Gamblers team. I don't know personally how well this Houston team is going to be able to score on the breakers. And then on top of that, which to me is what takes it – well past that seven point spread or six point spread is I think the end of that game for MBT is a huge confidence boost. So I expect him to play well in this game. I expect him to be able to um, really kind of show out. And if we see the putrid, just pitiful defense that we saw from the gamblers um, in week one against the Panthers, MBT might have a or might have a field day here. We might be looking at you know a 400 yard game, where they just blow the fucking doors off. Um, so I think that this is an absolute gift by the bookmakers. Um, I, I'm I'm on breakers for a, a unit, no problem. Um, it w- with the you know, w- giving the points. I have no problems giving the points.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm laying the six here as well. I think that this the uh, DeFilippo offense man we we saw what they want to do they, they want to they want to throw it around the yard he's an offensive guy um so I, I really like what we've got here and he inherited the best defense in the league these guys are shut down so i don't see how kenji Bahar gets anything going you know offensively so i like the breakers to do all the work for this total I, i'm gonna leave it alone but i'm laying the six and that that's probably the, the easiest bet of the week that i'll make next up we've got the memphis showboats they are Seven and a half point dogs heading to Birmingham. You can have the stallions on the money line minus 360. You can take the showboats plus 280. The total is 44 and a half. Which way are you going here?
1: I'm gonna. What's what's the best line we can get for Memphis here?
0: I'm um, seeing plus seven and a half, and I'm, I'm still shopping. So, yeah, I, I think that's enough. Um,
1: I had this game. In, in my range here around six points I, I thought was a pretty good line. Um basically because I was very unimpressed with the stallions. And I was very impressed with how the showboats kind of bounced back after they they had their early you know hiccups. So I think that this showboats team is better than what we saw against the stars and they still played a tough game against Philly. Um, if they played that whole game like they did the, the the later half, we could have even been looking at possibly a different result. So I think that this Birmingham Stallions team played a much closer, tougher game against New Jersey week one. I think that that is going to wear on them a little bit. I think that we might see some quarterback issues, uh, some confidence issues with guys getting pulled and, and you know, whatever we're going to see here. And, you I think that with the uh, with the unknown at the quarterback position of of where we're going to see who in this game, I think the showboats getting more than a touchdown here is really really good. So I'm on Memphis uh, for a unit with the seven and a half.
0: I actually found eight, so we'll we'll both go ahead I'll and take, take eight here. Yeah, I, I I was really excited about this Memphis team and the way they were able to. Uh, to sort of figure it out in the second half. I mean, they played much better defense. They, they kind of clamped down on Case Cookus and company. Um, the big weapon for the Stallions that, you know, we touted last year was Bo Scarborough. He was a no-show in week one. He had two carries for, I think, negative one yard. So he, he just took a handoff, fell backwards, and caught it a day. I mean, he didn't really do much. So I'm, I'm very excited to see, you know, th- this showboats offense against a, another stout defense Um, you know, and I think they'll, they'll do enough to get it done. This total is absurdly high to me. So I would lean under, not going to play it. It's just going to be the showboats on the side, plus the eight at DraftKings. So next up on Sunday, one o'clock, you've got the New Jersey generals. They are five point favorites on the road over the Pittsburgh Maulers. This total is set at 37. You can have the generals on the money line minus two bucks, or you can take plus plus one seventy for the Maulers. Where are you going here?
1: Um, I'm going to throw the the two units to win a unit uh, on the general's money line here. Um, Listen, I don't think this Pittsburgh team is good, and I believe that the general's realistically can cover this game pretty easily. Uh, they're not going to see the same type of defense that they saw with Birmingham um, when they played Pittsburgh. So I think that some of those chances that they had in, in week one will be converted, and they might actually score some pretty decent points here. Uh, their defense, I I think, is is good, and I think Pittsburgh is going to have issues. But something about this line weirds me out.
0: Um, Five is a weird number in football.
1: Yeah, it's it's a really weird number. Um, it worries me thinking that maybe there's something I don't know about this game. Um, so with our winnings from week one, I feel very comfortable putting two units here to win a unit uh, on the Generals money line.
0: Okay, so we're starting off the year seven games, seven agreements. <laughs> that was the way I was going to go as well. I don't want to play... Five. I don't want to take five. I don't want to lay five. Certainly don't want to play the total. What I do know is that, you know, the Maulers can go ahead and change their colors to black and yellow, but that doesn't make you the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I like the generals laying the two bucks. I think there's value there. I'm going to shop it. Um, I don't, uh, good thing I did over at FanDuel, we've got a minus minus one sixty-five hanging. So that seems to be the leader in the clubhouse. We're going to go ahead and do that. 1.65 1.65 okay. units to win a unit. We just save 35 cents. Love it. That's why you got to shop this stuff. Give me the generals on the money line. And then finally, Sunday, 7 o'clock. Kyle, our Philadelphia stars are in action. They're taking on this Michigan Panther squad. No Jeff Fisher. I don't know how to play this game. The Stars are three-point favorites at home. They are also minus 165 on the money line. You can have the Panthers plus 140. The total. Sits at 45 and a half, also a confusing number. What are you doing here?
1: Well, first off, it's a I understand that this is a tough game and you're not really sure how to play this game, but it's a good thing you have me here because I know exactly how to play this game. Stars, money line. I'm going to give up the points with the stars here. Okay, Uh, I'm going to throw a unit here on the Philly Stars minus a three. I think that there's two things that are going to semi-correct themselves this week. <laughs> Number one, Michigan's going to play a real team. And I think that as good as they looked week one, it's going to be a completely different uh, scheme that, they, that they're that they going to see. Their wide receivers are not going to be open nearly as much. Um, and I think that's going to uh, kind of hamper them a little bit this week. The second thing here is I think that the Stars kind of not really finishing the game off the way that they wanted to is going to be an emphasis in practice this week. So I believe that we are going to see a complete game out of the Philadelphia Stars and I think it's going to be a. Pretty good game here. I mean, I think that this is probably the game of the week. Uh, certainly based off of the week one, how those shook out. I think this is game of the week. But I think realistically, Michigan is heavily moving forward in the, uh, the competition that they're going to play this week. I think that that's going to force them to stumble a little bit. And I think the fact that the Stars know that they need to... Um, kind of step on the neck of their victim, I think is going to be really, really important in this. And I think when Michigan stumbles a little bit, Philadelphia will take advantage, full advantage of that. And I think that we're going to be looking here at a stars win, probably by about 10.
0: I agree, Kyle. Um, this, the stars team, Bart Andrus is going to have these boys ready to go. And the focus will be, finishing a football game. If I'm being rational Phil, which is very very a rare sight.
1: Not on this show,
0: baby. That's right. But rational Phil is telling me that this Panthers team is probably the 4th, maybe the 5th best team in the league. Them and the Breakers are probably interchangeable at this point based off of what I've seen. It is still the Stallions, the Generals, the Stars. And so the Stars are an elite team. The Panthers they're better, but they are not an elite team yet from what we've seen. And, you know, they they have improved. I think the Stars team is leaps and bounds better than the Panthers. I'm okay with laying the points if you want, but I love the drink juice. I'm taking them on the money line, minus 165, so I'm going again. Uh, 1.65 units to win one unit, staying away from the total. Still don't quite know how these totals are going to work out. Unless one really, really appeals to me, I'm staying off of them. So we're in agreement. We're mostly on the same side through two weeks. How do you feel? <clears> Besides throat. a little, a little frog in your throat yeah, over
1: there. Yeah, there we go. Um, I, you know what, I feel really good. Um, you know, uh, I know with the with the XFL. You know, I, I kind of had a hard time getting my grasp on that league, but I feel like. I have a really good grasp on this USFL league. I feel like I have a really good grasp on the players and the teams that we're seeing. And, you know, I, I think that, uh, I think that what we're going to see here, I, and I think that you do as well. And I think that you and I might be, uh, you know, maybe taking advantage of these early lines a little bit, uh, because some of them seem a little egregious. Um, I, I think that, you know, kind of where we are in our understanding this league puts at us, especially early on in the season at a, at a different level, a little bit higher echelon um, with, with our picks. So I, I feel really, really good.
0: Well, I love to hear it. I love to hear it. Cause we're on the same side. So I'm glad you're feeling good. I'm feeling good. I love the USFL. <laughs> love spring football. I hope both leagues work out, but they are just, you know, they're, they're different. They're different yeah. and that's okay. There's beauty in the difference. So Neither one of them are perfect. I love the USFL, though. It really, it comes at a perfect time of year with the draft around the corner. It's kind of that natural bridge to the NFL. So I love it, man. I'm happy we're back. I'm happy we went 3-1 and the first week. It, it's sometimes it can be hard to, you know, right the ship after a slow start. So it feels good. We're, we're very much in the positive. Certainly looking to keep it that way. Kyle, send us home.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's all for us here, you know, on the USFL show. Uh, week two will be in the books this weekend. Week one was fantastic. Um, you know, I just want to throw out there to everybody, hop in the book club. We got a lot of fun stuff going on over there. Um, you get racing picks on, what was Wednesday, mm-hmm. so it's – uh well before you can get them anywhere else uh those are those are line changing picks so they're fantastic to get early you got all of arches baseball and, and and darts and everything else he's throwing out there we've got everything under the sun um you know i know we have a really cool uh draft show coming up here next week um which is is really really fun because Uh, we're going to be, I know we're going to be trying to do that live, but I think, you know, at the very least it's recording. Um, and one thing that we've been doing lately as well is we've been running these shows live for everybody in the book club. So we post it, they can come in. I know we got D Willie listening right now, which is, you know, really, really cool. D what's going on, my brother. Um, and it's, it's really, really fun to be in this thing. So, um, you know, come on down to dgens.net. We're offering a three-day free trial where you can come in, see all the picks, meet the guys, and go, man, why wasn't I doing this for the last five years when I've been losing all this money?
0: Yeah, a, a cool thing we we actually do on Mondays is we run like a like an educational just for the book club members. Like we built a NBA model on Monday night and back tested it, and we found an angle that hits at fifty-seven percent lifetime, which is pretty cool. I mean. We're doing some cool stuff with these these workshops. There's all kinds of value. You won't get anywhere else. Join the book club with dgens.net. Three-day free trial, 25 bucks a month. Kyle, talk your spash.
1: And that's it, everybody. And we will see you next time. Adios, muchachos.
0: Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or
1: recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owners or guests of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents.